Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Laps Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. We keep getting the question, what is what is gussied up? Is that is there fiction here? Are, we, are you changing the story? No, there's none of that. This is absolutely true. Instead, we use music. We use sound. We want you to be able to close your eyes and see that scene just as it happened. That is gussied up. Quick question for everybody here. Was anyone here a late bloomer? I don't mean a virgin. I mean, I could mean a virgin, but I mean, you know, anything, anything in your life. Anywhere you were late to kind of kick off and get going. Well, Marshall Whitlock had that problem. And the way he solved it is, well, let's just say you probably solved it a different way. Marshall Whitlock was a virgin. Well, everyone's a virgin at one point. He's a handsome guy, cleans up well. A menagerie of tattoos from shoulder to wrist. On his forearm, it reads, Philippians 4.13, which means I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So what a virginity matter? The Bible quite clearly says no sex before marriage. Uh, I'll let you know a little secret. It was more like, yeah, no sex before marriage because no one wants to have sex with me. Marshall was more interested in the other pillars of teenage boyhood. Playing video games, smoking weed, skateboarding. But I wasn't too interested in, like, the things that girls like. <laughs> Was I interested in girls? Yeah, totally. I was just a little wimp as well. Marshall saw himself as a rebel, but not a solitary one. His group of friends was actually quite big, a hodgepodge of punks and metalheads. Oh god, it's another punk party or a metal party, and turns out I know a bunch of people there as well. I don't even listen to punk or metal my whole fucking life. It's going to punk parties, and I hate punk. Q North Vancouver, 2006. Nearly 40 of Marshall's friends huddle around a bonfire, trying to keep warm in the midwinter weather. John, nice patches. Marshall eyes the group. There's at least one girl, he thinks. Maybe. Maybe she likes me. She's pretty attractive. Emma. He could sense her, eyeing him from within the crowd. The evening goes long and the fire, along with the party, begins to die. Locals to North Van can get home, but transit back downtown has stopped for the night. I come up with the bright idea because my dad is out of town. Hey, everyone can come sleep in my house. And... There's like nine people, plus myself. Emma's also there. So they all pile into my house. There's two girls in my bed, two people in my dad's bed, like people sleeping on the couch downstairs, people sleeping on the floor. At one point, I'm downstairs. I'm downstairs getting a drink, and I, I hear these footsteps, and I just turn, and there's this girl, this brunette girl, and she's like, the crazy eyes going, and she's speed walking towards me, and she just like slams her face into mine, and we start making out. Through no fault of his own, Sasha's tongue is now in Marshall's mouth. They move the action upstairs. Since both beds are already occupied, they find a spare room adjacent. But before they can continue, Marshall, what are you doing? Knocking on the wall. As soon as it began, it was over. They stop and pretend like nothing happened. The group reconvenes downstairs to drink and smoke and rally the party one last time. Marshall, several more drinks in, heads upstairs to relieve himself. And I don't notice that this girl's followed me up to the washroom. And she sneaks in before I get the door closed. And after no time at all, we're both fully disrobed. But there was a problem. He knew it. He could feel it approaching the back of his mind. And then Emma shot first. Oh, do you have a condom? I had to do it as well. I was like, oh, I need a condom. This is what you do, right? This is like protocol, protocol, protocol. By the book. I've never done this before. This is what my gym teacher told me in sex ed. Condom. Marshall turns the bathroom cabinet upside down. His dad was singing. Surely somewhere Mr. Whitlock had a box of condoms. 
Nothing. It was time for plan B. I live right like a half a block from a 7-Eleven. I'll be back. He's so drunk, he doesn't even bother to tie his shoes. He enters the 7-Eleven. He browses a bit, trying to remember where the condoms are. How is he supposed to know? He never needed them before. I'm pretty sure I had made, like, water balloons out of condoms before. I don't think I ever bought a pack of condoms to make water balloons. At last, he's found them. He smacks them down on the counter, triumphant. I'll take these condoms, sir. Tucking the condoms into his pocket, Marshall begins the short trek back home. Not a minute later, a haggard-looking man approaches him. Hey, buddy, you got the time? Oh, no, sorry. He turns to walk away, but a second man approaches. Oh, hey, bud, you got a light? No, sorry. I don't have either of those. I don't have the time or a light. I have a lady waiting for me. Marshall skips to his own tune, ignoring the men. But the two men, they don't share Marshall's enthusiasm. They're both walking his way. One of them has crossed the street, barring the path in that direction. And even though I was hammered, I remember looking behind me thinking, oh, shit. And then immediately got behind me starts running. Marshall breaks into a sprint, but I didn't tie my shoes. He trips drunkenly. The first man tackles him, pulls him to the ground. Don't move. Marshall reaches for his pocket. There's a multi-tool inside, a knife he can use to defend himself. I pulled it out like I was going to use it. But he can't do it. Because if I had used it, it would have caused killing me. And his other buddy from across the street runs up, and I just remember like him just trying to kick me, and I'm blocking my face. And then I'm out. Marshall drifts. I was in a room with all my friends, and they're all sitting around me laughing. And then it was like, just like that, I was just awake. It was like 3.30 in the morning. I was lying on the frost on the grass, not 20 meters from my front door. And I just have no idea why I'm there. In a daze, Marshall limps towards the front door and opens it. And I like touch my face, and I look at my hands covered in blood. The room is horrified. But if they've got questions, Marshall's got just as many. The thing I say is, why was I outside? The girl that I was with earlier is like, um, I don't know. Gives this confused look, like shrugs her shoulders. Wait, you just left. You didn't tell us where you were going. Nobody knows anything. Don't worry about it. You tell them. You were drunk. So they're cleaning me off, and slowly it starts to come back. Number one, I got jumped. Okay, that's why I was outside. Second thing... Oh no, they stole my wallet. Number three. And the most important one. I'm not gonna get laid. God doesn't want me to have sex. That was what I was thinking. The night was a bust, but on the bright side. What's funny is after they beat me up, they took my Leatherman, they took my wallet, I stole the condoms in my jacket, and I'm gonna use them. Yeah, I made some sweet ass water balloons out of them. A year goes by, maybe longer. I'm never going to have sex, ever. That was it going to have sex, and he took it away from me. That bastard. Marshall was down, but he wasn't out. He'd been on a couple dates. Some successful, some not. But at least his feet were getting wet. He's over one night at a small gathering. There was not very many people. The house was, like, mostly empty. And it was my buddy's birthday. I'm not sure why exactly. It was just, like, a weird energy. It was, like, an electricity in the air in that place. Oh, God, please do not use that. I don't want anyone to hear me say there was an electricity in the air. A lot of, like, girls kissing each other. Marshall, feeling thoroughly out of place at this point, excuses himself to go to the store. One of the girls grabs him, kisses him. He's taken off guard. No, he says, really, I'll be back. And when he gets back, it's quiet. Too quiet. Like, what's going on? 
one of my friends like leans up from behind the couch, like the back of the living room, and then like this other girl leans up, and they're like, obviously we're doing something back there. I'm like, okay, well that, that's what's going on. There was enough people left that people could just pair off after that. So he gives the lovebirds their space. Yeah, I I just figured I was like, oh, that's one of these parties where I'm just gonna watch other people make out with each other. As he's walking down the hall, the door to his right flings open. They're two girls, laughing, stumbling around, cackling to each other. One of them catches Marshall's eye, and then together, they size him up. Before he says anything, they grab him. There was nothing innocent about it. This had to be karma. Clothes come off, the kissing starts, and Marshall, in his very first, finds himself sliding home headfirst into a threesome. Just a few minutes later, the door slams open. It's another of Marshall's drunk (laughs) punk buddies, and he's not about to be left out. Sometimes, karma's a bitch. This task is too important for you to handle, Marshall. Don't you worry about it. Boy, it just shoves me over, like that kind of thing. He's trying, trying to concentrate, trying to get through this, trying to lose his virginity. But once again, the bedroom door slams open. Five people just stuck their head in the door and fucking like applauded me. They actually were like, yay, Marshall. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I just had a, I only had a pillow. It was the worst. And they like, it doesn't matter how much I yelled, they just made them laugh more. Mercifully, one of his friends shuts the door. But with the whole party as witness to his innocence lost, Marshall is just about done. I didn't enjoy it. I did not enjoy it in the slightest. In fact, it was probably the worst way I could probably have done it. It wasn't my idea. I got like manhandled into doing it. Like I was like shoved around. I don't know. It was just like bound to happen. Just like alcohol and these and these girls that liked sex. I think the fact that I was a virgin also made it like I was like a prize. Like if it was just any other guy, it wouldn't matter. But it was like, we'll do Marshall a favor. <laughs> could have been anyone. Could have, could have been anybody. She had a little black dress and high heel shoes. Her lips were cherry red. The band was swinging. The gringos were grinning. The story again was told by my good friend Marshall Whitlock. Marshall works in the industry as an independent cameraman. He's worked on a number of documentary features, not the least of which is Taking My Parents to Burning Man, which will be out not too long from now. Um, And I hope those guys come on the show. If you're listening to this, you should come on the show. And if you, people who did not work on Taking My Parents to Burning Man, want to come on the show, email stories at thelaps.org. I will get back to you right away, and I promise I will make you sound good. One last beg before we go. Please like us on Facebook and leave a review on iTunes. If you like this show and you want to see it grow and you don't want to see it stop, it'd help. From the Lap Storytelling Podcast, thank you so much for listening.